This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday relatable and usable advice. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Tim Stating the Obvious. In our last episode, we talked about an overview of life skills and how important they are. In this episode, we're going to talk about what I label as Category 1. Category 1 is having a positive mindset and a growth mindset. They are different, but almost the same. If you haven't listened to the last episode, I would ask that you go back and listen to that one first to just get some background info before we dive into this topic. As we talked about earlier, life skills are critical to the success in the workplace and in life. Focusing on the first category of having a positive mindset or growth mindset, but what does it mean to have a positive mindset? Well, a positive mindset means uh, a practice and application of focusing on the good in any situation. Don't confuse this with toxic positivity. When I first heard the term toxic positivity, I thought, well, that's a strange concept. But just because you focus on the positive aspects of something, that doesn't mean you dismiss the emotions or come up with false reassurances to escape the situation. Believe it or not, empathy is very real and involved with a positive mindset. Similar to a positive mindset, the growth mindset takes the position that you can get better every day and improve your talents, intelligence, performance, and with hard work, good strategies, and feedback from others. This takes the mindset that each failure is a learning experience propelling you towards success. You learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. Now, in my opinion, you need to have both if you can develop this life skill. The reason I'm saying this is that in order to start the mindset process, you must have to have key areas of focus internally focused before you can adopt a positive and growth mindset. The first area is self-awareness. The reason we are starting with self-awareness is because if you don't understand yourself and how you operate as a person in earnest, like, I mean, you really have to look at your strengths and your weaknesses and the gray areas in which you struggle. Then you won't be able to have a true growth mindset if you don't do this. Think about a time in which you worked with somebody who cannot grasp or understand or even admit that maybe, just maybe, that their actions may have been contributed uh, to the problem or an issue. Then they keep finding themselves in the same situations that are similar and you on the outside are like, uh, yeah, no kidding because you're part of the problem. For example, uh, you see somebody who is overstepping in an area that isn't their strength or their responsibility. Or you see someone not being aware of their body language or even you yourself aren't aware of your own body language and the signals you're sending out to others when conflict arises or before a conflict arises. You will not realize that maybe you may contribute to a particular problem. So these two examples are just the surface of what we're talking about. But if you don't understand yourself and what you need to be prepared and how to give 100% in everything you do, then you will be la left lacking and have a hard time adopting a positive and growth mindset. You'll be stuck in your own ignorance. So if you have nowhere to start and you don't know where to start, to start down the road of self-awareness, now it's a journey. I don't think you know, this journey ever stops. It's a continuous evolving uh, thing because you change as you get older, you have life experiences. So it's not just a one-time event, you're done, you did something, you, you've discovered yourself. No, it's a continuous evolving process. But I would recommend taking a real survey on personality strengths and weaknesses, not just some Google 
search or just some Facebook or social media, uh, you know, personality uh, type test. So the first one I would offer up is the Berkman uh, Behavior Report. I've talked about this report before in several uh, previous podcasts. You can go check that out to get more information on it. But this is a great place to find out what environments you need to be successful and what environments you will struggle with in the workplace. But knowing where your tendency is in these situations can help you gain better situational awareness because you'll know where you'll be good at and you know where you won't be so good at. And when you come into a situation or an environment where you know you're not going to be um, as on your game or top performing because it's just not the environment that you do well in, you can prepare for that to shape the conditions better for your success. You know, the Myers-Briggs personality type index is another great place to start. It's not my favorite, nor do I think it's very accurate. But if you're looking to get in the general direction or ballpark and a general idea of what your tendencies are, you this you could use this um, as a good place to start. Another subset area to look at that ties into self-awareness but leads to a positive mindset is self-management. Often, We refer to this as executive functions, which are the ability to regulate your emotions, behaviors, and thoughts in different situations and events. This may sound like a straightforward task, but have you ever encountered a person who flies off at the handle at every minor problem? Or maybe have you met someone um, who doesn't manage a stress well and it builds up and it builds up and they just explode on uh, people for something insignificant or they take it out on somebody that doesn't belong to um, or attribute it to that problem? But you know, that was the thing that broke the camel's back. Think about coworkers or leaders who don't manage their time well and end up stressing more because they don't allow enough time to finish the task. These are examples of of poor self-management skills, which are essential in today's workplace and in the future workplace. Here are a few techniques you can use every day to practice building your self-management skills. You know, so for the first activity, it's stress management activities. I have found exercise is known to reduce the effects of stress on the body. I am a firm supporter of exercising in any fashion that you can. If you find yourself getting stressed out at the moment, you can practice deep breathing techniques. I know it sounds hokey, and when I first was introduced to it, I laughed at it and blew it off. But I noticed that when my smartwatch went off and told me that my, my heart rate was increasing uh, when it shouldn't be. That was a signal and a sign that stress was creeping up on me. So I would lock my office door, close my eyes, plant my feet on the ground, take a deep breath for about a minute, you know, deep breaths and deep inhale, deep exhale. And I would immediately feel the effects of this technique. My heart rate would decrease and I felt more relaxed. Anyone can do this at any time. Managing your stress is essential to good self-management skills. Working and and focusing on problem-solving skills uh, is another key area that you can work on to practice. I love solving problems. I don't necessarily like problems, but I love to solve them. So another area in which you can improve self-management skills are with problem-solving exercises. These exercises are a great way to train your mind to look at a complex problem in a different way. So when you encounter them along the way, you're better, better able to handle them. Uh, So I like getting these books that kind of give you riddles and really in-depth problems that you need to solve. And you can ask yes or no questions or, you know, you can think about it in in several different ways. And then you can you can mind map it. You can write them out and then you can flip to the back of the book and it'll tell you the answer on what the end answer was. But if you do this with a group of people, you will find that there may be 10 to 15 different ways to get to the same answer. So being able to critically look at and solve problems will help improve your self-management skills. And then focus on practicing positivity. We've already talked about this for a little bit. 
Um, but like I've mentioned in previous episodes, replace the word problem with opportunity. This immediately switches your brain into a positive mindset instead of a negative one. So you can maneuver your way through these issues and look for silver linings. If you do this enough, you will notice and see a pattern and it will also reduce your stress. Lastly, for self-management skills to improve, uh, time management is key. Make the time to take the time. Plan your day, your week, and your month accordingly. Poor time management skills increase stress and add unnecessary pressure on yourself. We have enough pressure as it is. No need to add to it. If you struggle with this, I would recommend that you make an, like, you make an ideal worksheet. And you put Monday through Friday down. You put all the hours of the day, including the ones that you plan to sleep. And you put the, the most important things that are important to you and your family and your goals. And you put those on there. And then you plan everything else around it. These techniques will keep your priorities first and help you manage the competing demands around you. And you can plug them into the white space around those big priority items. So that's a great uh, exercise that you can practice to really manage your time and help you manage your priorities. Now, the third category is resilience, right? I think resilience is like an over overplayed term, but it is important. Because resiliency is how well you can recover and how quickly you can bounce back from a difficulty or a failure. We are we are always encountering a failure at, at some point in time. If you show me a person who has never failed or had a setback or had any type of difficulty, I will show you a person who isn't trying. Some techniques you can use to improve your resiliency are, um, you know, simply accepting things that you cannot change or affect. You know, and what I mean by this is if you wanted to do something special outside, let's say, and you were looking forward to doing it all week, then as you're leaving your house or your apartment or wherever it is that you live and to do this event, and let's say it rained or it snowed, eliminating your ability to do that thing. Like you can't change the weather. There's nothing you can do to physically change the weather or the conditions of the weather that canceled or ruined your event. All you can do is accept it. Or you can get frustrated and get mad and let it ruin your day your or your even your week. It's okay to be disappointed. I'm not saying don't be disappointed. But the more you fight something that you have no control over or cannot change, the more control that that thing has over you because now it's controlling your emotions. And there's nothing you can do to fix it. So you need to accept it. You don't have to like it, but accept it and then move on. And this ties into cognitive restructuring or changing the way that you look at a situation. And for this, I'm reminded of a Chinese proverb that goes something like this. A farmer and his son had a had a horse who helped the family earn a living. One day that horse ran off away from home and the neighbors told him, man, your horse ran away. That's terrible luck, man. And the farmer replied, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. A few days later, the horse returned home, leading a few wild other horses back to the farm as well. The neighbors came out and said, man, your horse returned and brought back several other horses with him. What great luck you've had, the farmer said. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Later that week, the farmer's son was trying to break and train one of the mares and the horses that came back. And she threw him to the ground, breaking his leg. And the villagers and the neighbors cried, your son broke his leg. That's terrible luck. And the farmer replied, maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. A few weeks later, the soldiers uh, from the National Army marched through their town, recruiting all the able-bodied young men and boys for the army. 
They didn't take the farmer's son, who was still recovering from his broken leg. And his friends shouted, Your boy is spared. What tremendous luck you've had. To which the farmer replied, Maybe, maybe not. What this illustrates is that you cannot judge one event solely by that event itself to be good or bad or lucky or unlucky or just or unjust. Only time can tell you that. You can influence how you change how you look at an event by letting time be the judge as if, you know, they as if it plays out. This will help reduce your stress and make you more resilient in the end. I don't know how many times um, I, I can account to this because there's there's like, you know, something that I was really gun hoeing for and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this job, I'm gonna get this assignment, I'm gonna put all my energy and effort into it because this is what I wanna do. And then it turns out that the other end was like, yep, want you too, you're definitely gonna be great for this job. And then it fell through. And I would be really, really disappointed. I was like, man, you know, this is horrible. It's not really the direction I wanted to go. It's not what I was looking for. And it would really bother me. But then as time goes on, another better opportunity opened up that I was able to take. And it was better for me and my family in the long run. So by saying that that one event was bad, I was disappointed in it. But it really opened up the door for another opportunity, which was better in the long run. So don't just take each event by itself. If you if you have a setback and an opportunity that didn't work out, look at it as in there's a better opportunity waiting for me down the road. And this is why it didn't work out. And there's something better that's going to be happening. There's something else that's going to be working out in this situation that may or may not be bad. So let it play out. The last subcategory of developing a positive or a growth mindset is self-confidence. So if you practice these techniques we just spoke about in the other sub- subcategories, it will help your self-confidence as everything compounds upon itself. For example, if you start to exercise regularly to reduce stress, you will notice you feel better and your clothes may fit better, leading to a better positive self-image. If you practice reducing stress, you'll become more confident in how you can handle and approach different situations that may or may not be favorable to you. When working on how to problem solve and make better decisions, you will find that when these opportunities arise, you will see them and notice them um, and the patterns in them, and you'll be more confident in the outcomes of your decisions. By knowing your strengths and weaknesses, you will know which tasks to delegate more and which ones to take on and highlight your strengths and minimize your weaknesses. Overall, you will find your self-confidence improving, which will lead to more self-confidence in the long run. Everything compounds upon itself. So now that we talked about these techniques, I would challenge you to pick a couple in each category and to improve to improve on or discover. Developing a growth or a positive mindset won't happen overnight. This has to be cultivated and trained over time to become a habit and eventually it will become second nature. So which one of these areas spoke to you the most or are you interested in the most? Let me know in the comment section to help further the discussion and share ideas. Have you tried these techniques and how well did it work for you or how well did it not work for you? let us know why. And if something didn't work, what did you do in place of these techniques that actually helped you uh, the most to gain in growth? So I want to thank you for listening to this episode where we talked about how to develop a positive and growth mindset. If you got some value out of this episode, please like and share this with one or two other people who you think might like it. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do. And don't forget to hit that notification icon so we don't waste your time guessing when a new episode will come out. But in the next episode, we will be talking about the second 
second area of life skills, and that is elevated thinking skills. I look forward to having you stop by for the next episode. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.